Hello, WZIP. Welcome back to your favorite source of entertainment news, recaps, and commentaries. This is David from Entertainment Rebooted, and I'm joined by my co-host, Natalie. Hello. And Matt. What's up? So we got our, our crew here, and today we're going to be talking about episode five of The Mandalorian season three, titled The Pirate. Um, I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exciting. Um, what was the last title was The Foundling, I think, right? Episode four? It was four? a very cute title. Um, yeah, so, so we're keeping it up with interesting titles that foreshadow the entire episode, so that's great. Um, for starters, we're going to go deep into spoiler territory, but not just yet. Before we do that, we're going to share our impressions and give a short spoiler-free, hopefully, as best as we can, uh, you know, summary of our thoughts for the, our audience who may have not seen Episode 5, Season 3 of The Mandalorian, which you should. I think it's, I think it's pretty good, um, but I'll save those thoughts for a little bit later. Um, and after you do see that next chapter in the Star Wars duo that everybody seems to talk about on the Internet, be sure to come back for our spoiler full recap, all that interesting conversation that's going to follow after, our little theories our fan conversations. I think that's going to be pretty interesting, so stick around. Um, but let's talk about it. <laughs> I guess I'll go first. Um, this episode was a little bit more action-packed, always good. I think the CGI in Disney productions is you know, pretty much top-notch um, for most projects, but especially Star Wars. Um, cough, cough, Marvel CGI, you know, mm -hmm. kind of a miss sometimes. But they always uh, do a really good job with the Star Wars CGI. Um, and that kind of sells it for me as a, as a lover of, you know, film and just like the art of getting the image to look just right. Um, that meticulous nature in the CGI, you can really see that in this episode. And I was pretty happy with it. Um, a lot of action set pieces that were really interesting, cool character moments. I'm a big fan of those. I love character development and any kind of, uh, interesting questions that get thrown our way towards the end of the episode. Some foreshadowing there. Maybe the end of this episode had an mm -hmm. interesting question. Some, you know. I got so excited. I know, yeah. Some some interesting fan conversations to be had there. So what do you guys think, my my partners in crime here? I guess I'll go first. I I definitely, uh, I thought it was a, just a little simple episode, but there was definitely more meat on the bone than the last episode. So I really liked that. And I, like you said, with the CGI and like mm -hmm. the live the live animation uh, type, type you, know, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the CGI. I, I thing saw, I, I, <laughs> the CGI and yeah. the CGI. It's the CGI and the CGI. You thought it was good, though? You enjoyed the... You, you agree with me there? Yeah, that? yeah, exactly. Especially with, like, the anime characters we saw like saw in the past. Yeah, like, yeah. Seeing live, live animation. That, yeah, the that's different... That's so satisfying. Right, right. The mm -hmm. different species coming in and, you know, nailing that is always interesting to see. What do you think, Natalie? What are your, what are your thoughts on today's topic, this episode? I really liked it. Um, the whole premise of it was something that I saw coming. Right from that first interaction with the pirates. I mean, I hope this isn't too much of a spoiler for the non-spoiler section, but the episode is literally called The Pirate. <laughs> there are pirates in it. Okay, sorry. That's too much of a spoiler. There are pirates in this episode. In an earlier episode, there was the whole thing about how it was like, oh, he'll, he'll tell all his pirate buddies that Navarro is a safe, secure you know, respectable place now. And I'm like, or he's just going to go get all his friends. And guess what? He come back. did. I think we talked about that too in the recap <laughs> of that episode. Where we yeah. Like, yeah. They're going to come like, back. <laughs> like what? Well, I applaud your optimism. High magistrate, <laughs> but that is not going to be what happens. And it wasn't. So I just really enjoyed that whole plot line of, yep, you, uh, you kind of needed help there. And the whole, 
Mandalorian's involvement in that plot line. Again, going pretty pretty broad for the non-spoiler. I really am terrible at non-spoilers. <laughs> but that whole what happens with that plot line how I those, thought was really, right. really nice. How those two communities kind of interact and, yeah. and what we see. No thanks to my favorite government st- structure in all of the galaxy, right. the New Republic, which we will get into. Of course. Um, I think maybe it's time to go into spoilers a little <laughs> bit early. I, I feel the energy here. You know, things are kind of heating up in here. I'm just terrible at not doing it. I'm, I'm, I'm okay, but like, <laughs> I don't know. I'll say something and it's like, uh, if someone's really smart, they might be able to just pick the episode piece by piece with what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, uh, yeah, let's do it. Let's go into spoilers. Let's, let's do it. Um, so from this moment on, this is your spoiler warning. So from this moment on, we are going to be talking everything that you want to know. All the interesting fan theories. But first, we're going to start with an episode recap, as we always do. Uh, This episode begins with a little bit more momentum than previous episodes, starting with the, as we said, inevitable inevitable return of the pirates. Our pal Mando fought alongside Grief Karga. This time, the pirates are really upset and angry at Grief's little community. And they lay siege upon his town. This is our main conflict of this episode, our monster of the week, if you will. Um, You know, conflict starts and ends in the same episode. That's a pattern there, you know. Um, Karga makes the decision, though, to seek help from the Republic. He can't do this on his own. Mando's not going to save him from this army. And there's, like, a whole ship above his community that's, like, raining blaster fire. There's a little bit too much going on here. And, you know, his little peaceful town probably doesn't have the resources to fight this army off. They don't even have a marshal, much less that's a militia. Right. They need a militia. He was begging least. Mando to have, At the know. very least, he needed a militia. Right. Too many children, not enough warriors, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so this is an issue, though, because Mando's kind of busy, and he doesn't know that his friend needs help. So he makes the decision, Karga makes the decision, uh, to seek High Magistrate Karga, actually. Um, <laughs> How dare you. Makes the decision. He forgot to, though. It's fine. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> makes the decision to uh, seek help from the Republic, even though he is not considered a registered member of the New Republic and their systems, which creates problems later. That was some interesting foreshadowing in previous episodes. We kind of learned that, but it felt offhanded, so it was a nice setup for that to come back later. Um, this message, though, reaches one rebel named Carson Tiva. Teva, Teva. We're gonna go with Teva, I guess. Um, that's not as important though as our rebel friend, as who our rebel friend is talking with, who is Zeb Aurelius of Star Wars Rebels fame. I Super interesting that. cameo. Same voice actor Steve Blum, who is a legend in the voice acting community. Voices tons of characters like Wolverine and the animated stuff, in uh, a few video games as well. Point is, he's a he's a big big name in the voice acting industry, and he's also the same guy that plays this returning Star Wars character. Uh, his CGI is very good. This is part of what my comment was earlier about the CGI in this episode being really good. Uh, nailing such an important live-action character to a lot of people is really nice. I think, um, you know, Disney having done Thanos and all that all that great CGI that we see there, I think we're seeing, you know, that production value given to our character Zeb, uh, Mr. Aurelius himself. His cameo is a little short, though, but it teases the Ahsoka TV show. Um, we, I'm sure it's common knowledge now, the Rebels squad is going to return for that tv show um so it's nice getting a little tease before that happens but carson this very sympathetic member of this new republic makes it his mission to get reinforcements for karga and his town traveling to one of his requisition officers to get aid approved but because karga is not a member of the republic he doesn't get aid because members of the republic might need it over him 
and uh, that actually takes precedence under this new leadership. So maybe we're seeing some some faults here, um, some nuance, as I was mentioning uh, before this before this recording. A lot of uh, nuance in Star Wars. That's great. Um, talking about you know not everything being black, so black and white. You know, light and dark side. Things are getting a little bit interesting here. It's always great to see that in a Star Wars TV show. Um, so Karga needs help, and he can't get it. Um, but this is a bit of a dark moment for our rebel Carson, who also recognizes this problem with this new leadership. Uh, he actually remarks that uh, not aiding those is the ways of the Empire. And in the scene, Aliyah Kane, a returning character from, I believe it's episode three. Uh, it's the mm-hmm. lady that betrays our doctor, the cloning expert, um, in that episode-long subplot. She comes back and doubles down on the requisition officer's way of thinking. And Carson and her kind of have a bit of a back and forth. And uh, Carson leaves very upset, knowing he's not going to get what he wants. Uh, The requisition officer says he'll see what he can do, but it came off in a way like, yeah, you're not getting anything, you know, and kind of just hand waved them away. Um, Carson, though, senses an evil plot going on. So maybe some foreshadowing there uh, and reminds the requisition officer about Moff Gideon. Where's his trial been? You know, where'd he go? Where'd he go? Things like that. Um, that was supposed to go somewhere. So he notices that probably, you know, probably important, I think, to have one of the most fearsome people in recent Star Wars history, you know, get justice. And it hasn't happened. What's going on? The um, New Republic. And yeah, the New Maybe Maybe we have some spies, you know, some maybe Emperor Palpatine will come back in The Rise of Skywalker. Don't. Yeah. <laughs> um, Somehow her return, I'm sure, right? <laughs> Somehow. Um, <laughs> Somehow. But uh, Carson, Tiva, he scolds these two people and leaves, making it his personal mission now, not just his, his squad kind of mission, his, his personal mission to aid these people. So he goes to the Mandalorian hideout where a whole crew is located, Bo, Grogu, who probably won't do anything, and, and Mando, Din Djarin. Um, I'm just going to call him Mando, though. I'm sure everyone knows who I'm talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Um, somehow he finds this hideout. The clan gets really upset about it. How'd you find us? You know, they pride themselves on their secrecy. They live on this very dangerous planet where, you know, children get kidnapped by flying dragons and, you know, it's not very fun. Yeah, um, why didn't they move earlier? Why is this a I big deal? Yeah, like, I, I and they, they mentioned earlier in that episode, too, that, like, there's, this is, like, a common occurrence that, you know, this happens yeah. a lot. It's like, what are you doing? Uh, great clan, right? You know? Um <laughs> And they pr- oh, oh no, we'll have to move. I know, yeah. Like, like go. There's it's Star Wars. There's like a billion caves. Go on Dagobah. Like, you know, yeah. go there. Just um, anywhere else. I know. Yeah, it's what a joke. Um, but anyway, uh, Carson and Mando have a bit of back and forth on this. Carson then reminds him, say, "Hey, this is your friend, and I'm just trying to let him know that he needs your help." And so Mando and his whole crew, his whole clan, everyone returns to this now not so secret cave. Uh, and they plead their cases because not everyone's exactly on board with helping this once enemy of the Mandalorians. Um, so Mando makes a, in my opinion, rather unconvincing argument to everybody. He tried. He tried, <laughs> uh, telling his fellow, fellow Mandalorians how good Cargo is now and how good he was to him and all the favors that he's done for Mando specifically and also saving Grogu, all those things. Uh, Vizsla, though, a uh, returning character, you know, he was the father of the son who needed rescuing, all that stuff. Um, up until recently, he's treated Mando pretty harshly and didn't really see him as an equal. Um, but recently, after saving his son, uh, feels a little bit, at least comes off a little bit nicer to him. 
Um, so he makes his case. He argues against Mando at first, we see. In quotes, against. Right, right. I um, knew what was happening. Oh, was yeah, yeah. It, it, I saw it a mile away. Um, so he starts off strong, reminding the clan of how his people were hunted in the sewers by Karga and his hunters. Karga was an enemy, after all. He has cost the Mandalor- Mandalorians a lot. Why help him? Vizsla ends his speech by remarking how Mando saved his son, something I mentioned just a second ago. Um, and because of that, he's on his side. He trusts them fully. So hooray, you know, Karga gets the help he, he needs. He can be saved. His community can be saved. Uh, and the Mandalorians arrive to Karga's aid. The pirates have entirely claimed the town, drinking everywhere, as they wanted to do in, I believe, episode one. In the school. In the school. That was once a bar, I guess. Uh, but they turn it into a bar, and some of the uh, townspeople that couldn't escape with Karga and his little uh, escapee crew that he managed to collect before escaping his own town, before they kicked him out of his own town. Because they have no militia. Right. They don't have any, you know, and they need one marshal and Mando to protect this entire town. I think they need a lot more than yeah, one Yeah, maybe marshal. the whole Mandalorian crew, but we'll see, <laughs> you know, how things go. Um, so uh, they are making a whole mess of the place. They're uh, turning the current townspeople to slaves that couldn't escape having them get drinks for them all that kind of stuff that that cheesy disney you know conflict um the mandalorians though make pretty quick work of them and in probably like a five minute action scene from beginning to end can i just say these pirates are not the brightest tools in the shed like they had this really nice pretty area that they have easily conquered all they had to do was basically just walk in right because there was this was so undefended and they trash it immediately Mm-hmm. Like, you could have totally. had this nice place to stay. With, like, and you wildlife. Com- and, and you completely wreck it. Like, I'm not saying, that it's like okay, maybe you don't like the wildlife, you want to eat the wildlife, whatever, fine. But, like, the town's, like, in rubble at this point. It was like, <laughs> you, you didn't want to stay somewhere even remotely nice. And Come all the, on. Yeah, all the, the rooms that, really? you know. High magistrate office is probably You could trash. not control yourself. Right. Seriously. Um, but that's in their pirate nature, you know, and that, that's why Mando and, and Karga and everyone's so eager to save this poor little town because, after all, this is probably the nicest place in a long while that we've seen in Star Wars history. Um, thankfully, though, the Mandalorians all make pretty quick work of them. They destroy their ship that's hovering over the civilization, like I mentioned earlier. A um, couple cool scenes with Vizsla and his, his laser minigun thing and... You know, we get to see some jetpack usage, uh, a lot of ship combat, like flying, you know, and shooting uh, pilots, you know, just classic Star Wars, like Episode One, Phantom Menace kind of uh, action there, which is an interesting for me to see as a fan of the prequel trilogy. You know, a lot of epic flying moves. It's always fun to see. Try spinning. That's a neat trick. I know. Yeah, yeah. This episode is coming towards an, uh, to an end now, though. This conflict is starting to resolve itself. Um, but one final interesting tidbit, uh, the armorer, uh, speaks with Bo and by speaks with Bo, I mean like, I have a task for you and you're going to do it. So to go back just a little bit, the Mandalorians are all, they're all celebrating. Everyone's doing good. And grief is like, Karga's like, oh, you guys have a home now. You know, your home was destroyed before, but now you guys have it now. All this really happy stuff. Uh, Vizsla interrupts Bo's celebrating. And pulls her down, pulls her down with the armorer, and then this conversation happens where the armorer tells her to take her helmet off. A really interesting detail. Um, you know what that means for uh, Bo is actually really interesting. She uh, questions uh, the armorer and is like, "Well, I don't." I'm paraphrasing quite Are a bit here. Are you sure you want me to do that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like uh, you know. 
And then the armorer says, uh, do you respect this uh, forge, I believe is what she says, or something like, do her you respect? station or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was interesting. It was like, okay, you know, you think the armor, like, the armor would not say this, you know, we thought, but um, that's why this is really interesting because the armorer uh, tells Bo that too many Mandalorians have actually strayed from the way, the way that we always talk about, you know, in this show. And they must all be brought together. And since Bo has seen the Mythosaur, and not Mando, because he was knocked out in episode uh, two, if you remember. Because he fell off a cliff. Right. <laughs> um, and so she saw this this beast that is really sacred to this, this uh, class of people. Um, and since Bo has walked both sides of the Mandalorians, both clans, uh, as she was a member of both, uh, therefore, she must unite the two, the two together, and all of the Mandalorian people as a whole, all the stragglers in exile, you know, all these other people, maybe even some Boba Fett. But I don't think he classifies himself as a Mandalorian. Um, we'll see. But since she has walked both ways, it must be her to unite the exiled tribes and take back Mandalore, as the armorer said. The episode then cuts to black with one more final interesting revelation. I lied. There's two interesting questions <laughs> at the end of this uh, episode. And we go into deep space with our rebel friend, Carson. Uh, Carson Tiva, he comes back. The only competent one. I know, yeah. One of the best rebels so far. Hopefully he doesn't mess it up here um, in this show. Hopefully he doesn't die either. That would be a shame. Um, That's too much competence for the new Republic. I know. Yeah, yeah. We, we need getting some getting worried for him. <laughs> um, but he, uh, he finds the transport that was supposed to be housing Moth Gideon on his way to his trial. Um, and our villain, and Moth Gideon, as I'm sure most of us know, villain in previous seasons, he's coming back. Uh, supposedly, we'll see. Um, but his transport shows signs of attack, which is really interesting. And Carson investigates finding deceased uh, rebel, well, New Republic, you know, officers. And it's not good. It's not a pretty sight. Uh, and so from this, from this information, he does a little bit of uh, investigating on some of the damage um, in this transport and finds out that they used Beskar. So what this means is that the Mandalorians did this, or did they? We don't know. The episode ends with this question. So what do you guys think? I think probably, let's talk about that last bit first, you know, the Mandalorians breaking off Gideon out. I'm sure we have quite a bit of theories on that one. Okay, so my theory, and this is actually not something that I came up with. This is something that was pointed out to me on the fabulous YouTube because that is how we do it. And don't blame you. Don't blame you. Yeah. So remember how I noted earlier in one of our, I forget what episode, but it was about the new title sequence with the helmets. Oh, yeah. That was episode two or three. Yeah. Yeah. Two. So about that, if you look closely when you're watching it, it's either a blue light that goes over the helmet or a red light. And the blue lights are always good guys. Mm -hmm. And the red lights are always bad guys. So it started off with, I think, a bad guy. And then there were, like, several blue lights for good guys. And then the very last helmet was what I thought looked like a Mandalorian helmet. It looked like Mando's helmet. But it was in red. (gasps) I never noticed this. I I never noticed this either. And it was like, I noticed it before this episode came out. But I didn't put too much faith into it because i'm like okay yeah that's an interesting theory but you know maybe that's just how they did it they liked it better or whatever it's like there's nothing in the actual show yet Mm -hmm. that has built up to that but right when this happened i'm like evil mando confirmed was this posted (laughs) on april fools by chance was this no uh yeah do we want to mention that article that i found so yeah go for it yeah so i found an article that was going on I, i believe it was from like culture world or something 
And it was published on April, April 1st. And it was basically saying that The Mandalorian was canceled after the third season because of a drop in ratings, which if I'm if I remember correctly, the ratings have been lower than they ideally would be. I think there are a lot of reasons for that. Obviously, season three came after like a two year gap from the last season. So the excitement kind of went down from that. The whole arc of the second season was to get Grogu to Luke and then that was undone in Book of Boba Fett so then there was a lot of confusion and that whole thing was resolved not in the Mandalorian that's right so we basically were like okay well I, I have no idea where it's going yeah and not that these episodes have been bad mind you but we did mention last time David about the lack of like an overall mm-hmm. overarching structure of season three so these episodes do kind of feel a bit more episodic where they're just doing their own things instead of being part of a bigger overall story and i think that that could also hurt a little bit but basically there was this article that came out i we were not able to confirm this (laughs) i google searched it thinking this this would have if this was true it would be everywhere if mandalorian was 100 percent sure canceled after season three it would be everywhere and i i tried to google it didn't come up so I could not verify that. And since it was published on April 1st, very skeptical. <laughs> skeptical to, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah not a, what was it? Culture, culture war? Cult- culture world, world, I think. Yeah. Not a, not, not. Fans. Nothing I'd heard of. Yeah. The, the entertainment rebooted Mandalorian podcast crew is not a fan of this very, uh, very rude, mean spirited article that tricked <laughs> us all. Um, not me not fun yeah not me no it's like I looked at it I'm like ah see it's April 1st but you know I didn't want to just completely blow it off because I was like I would if it was true right and it just happened to be April 1st like, yeah did like I didn't want to because I'm like this is like I mean it's not like the New York Times or anything but it's right. like it's published online yeah. so I was like would they go this far I think that they might but you know because I we're an entertainment commentary thing that's what we do so it's like if that had been truthful, I would want to mention it. But no, I do I do not believe that it is true. I have not been able to verify that. So until Disney puts out a statement, I'm I'm not buying it. Yeah, like the major red flag says upon April first. Like unless right. unless they're using reverse psychology, you just like ignore it. Right. At this point. If you see like date published April first, twenty twenty three, but you, you don't you know, even if you do see that, you're not even gonna think like, Oh, April Fools, guys, like, yeah, I just got fooled on April first, you know. Um anyway though, back to Mandalorian. <laughs> let's uh <laughs> let's talk about our theories. That was Mandalorian related. Oh uh, well, yeah, of course it was. <laughs> but like I feel like this I is get a- off a lot. This wasn't one of them. But yes, Mando. Mando. Evil Mando. Is where right. we were. Um, it, super interesting point, by the way. Didn't think about that. I always skip those those uh, intro sequences. Like there's like two or three of them, <laughs> and I'm always hitting skip recap and skip yeah. intro. So um, I will be disappointed if this does not pan out. And what if Bo meets the bad Mandalorian? Because she's Ooh. supposed to unite people. That's right. So she's going around looking for Mandalorians. I think uh, hopefully. Well, I'm sure next episode we'll get some more side stories maybe have happen half an episode like a dual narrative thing a classic in uh tv show writing where we have two stories at the same time in the same episode um some bow content i'm sure and you know dedicate an entire half to grogu naturally um <laughs> grogu gets half everybody right. else can split the other half and since mando's been cut to the side all season you know since episode two he's used to it <laughs> right he's used to it he'll be fine he'll be fine he'll live um 
I thought it was super interesting how this episode ended. There was two very big, interesting questions thrown our way. Um, we, Natalie, you and I spoke about, uh, and we just mentioned it again, the overarching narrative, mm-hmm. uh, the lack of a central villain. Um, I do feel like it's a little cheap uh, to just kind of go back. And it feels very last minute to kind of get Moth Gideon back. Um, fantastic actor. I think it could have worked if it, but I think it should have maybe been earlier. Yeah. Like earlier. I think we spent so much time with these like episodes that again, not saying that they weren't good, but they didn't progress this basically at all. Like episode three, like kind of set mm-hmm. up the whole New Republic, Doctor Pershing, Elliot Kane, all that stuff. Um, but did we really need forty minutes for yeah. it to get to this point? Like I not, like that episode. It's like I mean, not that it was bad. But it just it didn't feel like Mandalorian. Yeah. I think it could have been condensed a little bit. Not that it wasn't interesting to watch. I know Matt, you you weren't a fan of that one because of that reason. You liked exactly. It. <laughs> you you liked the more focus on the Mandalorian, which I think is. I don't blame. Yeah, it was like it's that's what the show is. <laughs> I, I nearly fell asleep that episode. But I want to talk about that one, so I'm just gonna leave it at that. Yeah. I liked it too much. I'm an out an outlier. I'm sure my parents hate it too. I don't think they enjoyed it, but. I was a big fan personally. I mean, uh, it was it was interesting. It was very just disappointing to see the New Republic be that dumb, but <laughs> that is unfortunately what we're dealing with. And I mean, it's nice to see Coruscant, but can we just bash the New Republic for a little bit? Because I really, really want to bash the New Republic <laughs> for, for a little bit. Yeah. The more I see them, the more convinced I am that these fools do not have a clue of what they are doing. These idiots still trust this obviously evil girl, Elia Kane. They went as far as to try to paint Karga's friend, Carson, as an anti-amnesty, like, just horrible person. But that falls flat because he's right. Mm-hmm. It's like, 100%. don't try to be like, oh, it's like, oh, like, I don't know what they're, it's like, if they're trying to allude to any real life issues, but it's fallen flat because this chick is evil. <laughs> so he is 100% right to not trust her. <laughs> it's like, he, she's just. He he's right, and everybody trusting her is wrong, and they're dumb. And come on, it's like I want to know what happened after Elia scrambled Pershing's brain. What's going on with him, and how did she talk her way out of that? She was the only mm. one in the room. Right. Like she somehow escaped any consequence for that. She still like trust like because I thought maybe she'd have to go on the run. Like after that, it's like okay, I did as much as I was supposed to. I was supposed to get him, and like she got be gotten. But no, she's still there. Mm-hmm. So these these fools are still trusting her. Right. There's there's there are <laughs> oh issues here. It's uh, what? And then like the lack of aid oh. as well. Uh, Carson like, has perfectly sound yeah. logic in that you know we should help these people regardless if they're members of the republic mm-hmm. or not. Now here's the caveat to that. You cannot help people if you are not in a position to. Mm-hmm. So if it was a matter of you know we can't help them because there are systems you know in our new republic. That we have to protect, and we are there not, not just like you know a well, it's possible, mm-hmm. but it's like our our resources, we just can't do it. Right, like you can only do what you can do, but that is not what I feel like happened here at all. And the whole is like, oh well, mm, there are consequences to not being a part of our new republic. Yeah, well maybe they'll join the new republic. Have you ever thought about that? Mm-hmm. That was the whole thing. It was like when I was watching the Clone Wars, and it was the whole like. They did the same thing. They didn't want to, the Jedi Council didn't want to help Mandalore because when there was the siege of Mandalore for the, or the Civil War, the Mandalorian Civil War, they didn't want to help Duchess Satine, Obi-Wan's girlfriend, because 
Mandalore was a neutral system. You know, they hadn't declared for the separatists and they hadn't declared for the Republic. So they're a neutral system. So it's like, well, we, 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 it's the same logic. And I'm like, well, you know, maybe if you play your cards right, New Republic, you can go in there and be like, ah, see, here's the perks of being right. part of the New Republic. It's like, and then maybe they'll join the New Republic. And you who knows know. what it costs to be a member of the Republic. I'm I was sure like, they I understand. Kind of I'm watching this and I was like, I understand why they're not. Like, yeah. you guys are just dumb. He's like, you claim to have a structure, but their structure is so unbelievably awful. And this whole thing about, it was like, so Karga's friend and Mando's friend says that this isn't a coincidence. And by the time it becomes big enough for you to act at it, it will be too late. As much as I hate to admit it, this is probably a reference to the First Order. Yep. <laughs> and I'm just wondering why the First Order didn't rise sooner with these buffoons in charge. <laughs> I mean... As much as I don't want to think about the sequels. Like, how did you last as long as you supposedly did? I don't understand. Like, there was this whole, like, complaint that I think was valid about the sequels. It's like, the New Republic was, you know, in power. How is this empire 2.0 like a threat at all and just easily like we're now the underdogs again like how did so it's like how did that happen and you know watching this i'm like yep that that checks out you know the good guys were just a bunch of idiots right. and that's how that that's happened. kind of how it win the prequels as well i mean <laughs> that's the, how that happened the good the jedi least, were the dummies there. see at least though that like they weren't dumb mm -hmm. their beliefs were too stringent and they had gotten too arrogant right so if that was the case like if i was feeling like that was going on it'd be frustrating but it wouldn't be as frustrating as me watching this and be like these are just a bunch of morons that just have have you even taken a government class do you do you know anything <laughs> about how to rule because I don't, but I feel like I know more than you. There's no AP history in Star Wars, I guess. <laughs> There's no... It's like, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't know how to run a galactic government either, mm -hmm. but I feel like I'd be doing a better job than you guys who are actually supposed to be running it, and that is not a good sign. I should not feel like I should know how to do something that I have no idea how <laughs> to do better than the people that are supposed to know how to do it. Yeah, I think it's valid that if you score a three on the AP government exam, then you're certified to... Ro to, to I scored a five. Well, you said then you're certified. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm certified. Yeah, you're, you're more certified <laughs> than these clowns. The the requisition officer needs to speak with Natalie in person. <laughs> yes. And have a coaching you're fired. session. Yeah. No, no coaching. I'm not wasting any time <laughs> oh, on you. Oh, it's fired. You're fired. <laughs> okay. That's I'm replacing you with Leia or somebody who actually can, can do stuff. That would probably work out, honestly. I think. I mean, why? You have people like Leia. I assume Mod Mothma should be pretty Somewhere. competent, too. I was like. Where are they at? Like, why aren't they keeping these idiots that they've employed in line? <laughs> I, I wonder. Because um, these people are terrible and no one. Again, no wonder. No wonder. You know what? Leia probably like saw this and was like, nope, this is too much. What if Leia... Too much stupidity for my mental health. I'm leaving and starting my own branch of good guys again <laughs> <laughs> to rebel against the New Republic. That's maybe what the resistance was. They right. weren't resisting the First Order at first. They were resisting the, the, the New Republic, Republic, and then the First Order just kind of It makes up. so much more sense now. <laughs> I wonder if Leia is, like, a problem in all this, you know? Her characterization has been, you know, flip-flops many times over the, the films. I wonder if, you know, maybe, maybe there's a little bit more fault on her end. Who knows? 
Um, as long as you do it right, right, I don't think I would care as much. If you do it bad, I'm going to get really mad because you've already ruined Han. You've already ruined Luke. And if you ruin Leia, I mean, even if you do it well, I'm probably not going to love it. I think mm-hmm. a better phrasing for that will be, I will forgive you if you do it well. That's That's better, yeah. But I won't love it because in the grand context, like I said, they've ruined Han. They've ruined Luke. I'm not happy about that. Leia is the only one that they not did well, but didn't absolutely insult and disgrace the memory of. She doesn't get most of the hate compared to the other characters. Yeah. She had her Leia Poppins moment, right. and that was and about that was, it. That was kind of it, yeah. Um, I think, uh, yeah, the uh, New Republic is not, not very good. Um, no, they're not. They're terrible. Definitely... Uh, slightly <laughs> empirical in their ways. Maybe, who knows, maybe the requisition officer is also, you know, uh, a snake in the grass, if you will, a, uh, a sneaky man. Every single one of these people better be I, I, absolute be, traitors because that would be the only way that this in- level of competence makes right. sense. If, if that if that happens in, like, a future episode and that, that gets Just revealed. the entire New Republic is... Yeah, <laughs> spies of the First Order. Every single I mean, one of them. That's a cool setup, though. Bottom. That's a cool setup, you know, defeat your enemy from within. Yeah. That's maybe how that's... But at the same time, who are they exploding, though, in Force Awakens? I don't even know bunch of never mind we're not gonna address those movies we'll just we'll just redo it <laughs> <laughs> yeah roll we'll, uh, a wipe those out. movies don't matter and the ahsoka tv show where they time travel and yeah. create a split in the universe Who i knows? would i would love that please please favreau filoni please do it favreau would, would do a good job i'm sure please he, everyone credits him for saving everything so it would really save it if you did this <laughs> We didn't get any Grogu in this episode, like, at all, though, pretty much. Yeah, I, I no, noticed uh, I didn't have any notes for him. Yeah, I, I had nothing either on my on my notes he's when just, I was watching. He's adorable. My only note is <laughs> not much Grogu in this episode. Is, is Which the is a crime. Yeah, it's it's the moneymaker, too, and you kind of yeah. didn't really have him. I mean, I heard the speculation. Like, I obviously don't have an insider at Disney to confirm or deny this. But that, that was a major force because... Another criticism of this season of The Mandalorian is that Groku was reunited with Mando because the entire second season was building up so perfectly to sending him with Luke. And that fit just so well. So as much as I love Grogu, and I I do think that there is a point that I probably would not be as interested to see, not that I wouldn't be interested at all, but not as interested in the show without Grogu because Grogu is my favorite. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not ashamed. He is he is absolutely my favorite character in The Mandalorian. But I heard that, you know, there's a speculation that the studio executives kind of forced Favreau and Filoni's hand a little bit with, like, hey, you can't just write Grogu off in the show. <laughs> like, everyone will not care about The Mandalorian anymore. You have to bring him back. Which, again, I feel torn on. Because I do want to see more Grogu. I think I would like it more if Grogu and Luke had their own show. Oh, like a quick, like six episode. Yeah, it's like it doesn't something. have to be anything extensive, but just like something where it's like it was just Luke and Grogu. And it was good Luke, right. not, you know. And we get lore on like his whole Jedi temple and everything. Yeah. That would actually be really interesting. That isn't show. supposed to be trying to set Grogu or to set him up for fail failure. Because... I mean, this isn't about the Book of Boba Fett, so this is going to be really quick. But the whole, like, 
you must choose because attachments are not bad or not good for the Jedi. Luke Skywalker would not make that mistake. Right. His whole thing was attachments. Mm-hmm. The entire time he was attached to his friends, Han and Leia, and he was going to, you know, bet the galaxy on that. So I was like, no, that that's not it. Even attached to his own father. Who's, yeah, it's know. like he, his whole thing was emotional attachments. He was not listening to Yoda when he said not to, you know, have emotional attachments. So him forming a whole thing about like, oh, attachments are dangerous, Grogu. You must not have them. You must choose between your Jedi training and your affection for the Mandalorian. Like, no. I don't really buy that. I don't love that. It's not as criminal as The Last Jedi, but I'm like, <laughs> you're trying to, it's like people are like, oh, it's, it's just supposed to say that, oh, Luke was always, you know, destined to fail. And I'm like, yeah, and I hate it because right. that's not right either. Maybe that's, you know, maybe that's, that uh, is only happening just because of the sequels. Who knows? That, that characterization kind of feels a little bit more seamless this time. As bad as, it, mm-hmm. you know, it's most not, people see it's it. It's a lot better, but it's still not yeah, it there for me. It doesn't. We need more. It's still not there for me for the he's suddenly worried about attachments thing. You, you can have him redo some mistakes, but make sure that they are mistakes that he would actually do right that he would actually commit and i i just cannot see that being one of them we uh and so in replacement for grogu in this episode i think Bo is probably bo katana is probably our uh our, our probably most influential character in this I episode i feel like she's been pretty influential this like whole this whole season. time like yeah. every episode basically has started more. and or ended with her yeah and i think that that says a lot for one um you know for where we're going in terms of the end of the season obviously she's going to be pretty important you know i'm sure a very central figure in this uh, season's final episode and if she makes it to the end maybe future seasons as well um i want to uh yeah i want to talk about that (laughs) i think uh, Bo is uh, super interesting at the moment probably i mean i couldn't care less about the character in previous seasons you know i just kind of saw her as another really cool uh person with Mandalorian armor and now it's like totally different I combined her and Satine in my head yeah and for some reason thought that she was Obi-Wan's girlfriend I I get confused confused too I mean (laughs) it's like the hair and the and you know they have the armor like it's it gets a little tricky sometimes um so I think it's pretty safe to say that Bo is going to unite the clans um I think that that's really cool uh seeing any kind of uh crew that you know or clan that isn't a jedi get like their lore fleshed out in star wars universe mm-hmm. is really cool to me there's uh, tons of very interesting tribes and and groups in star wars uh history star wars canon uh in extended universe and the canon universe um seeing more mandalorian content in general is always really interesting Can we just to me. bring the extended universe back to canon? i know yeah i want star killer man i don't know if you guys know about star killer but he's he was in the video games this force he, it's, the base he was he <laughs> was uh darth uh, vader's apprentice and then you know they, they just stole his name for the sequels he was they so made him cool. uncanon and then just stole his name and he made it so cool a bigger death star the coolest and he was supposed to be in rebels but then they couldn't write him in a way that made uh, sense because he's so overpowered like it's insane he literally mm-hmm. beats darth vader and in, in both of the game i, I don't want to get into it it's just it's gonna make me upset because star killer is so great um anyway though getting more of that uh bow content is really interesting now for me i didn't really care much about the character until now um i think she also takes this responsibility to unite the clans with some sort of pride um, which really shows how much her faith has been healed, how much she now respects the Mandalorian clan in general, um, and thus also respects Mando. I kind of entirely forgot at the beginning of the season she kind of didn't like him at all. 
um, and now things have totally flip-flopped. So I don't know. I felt some some tension there. Definitely, yeah. Definitely some tension and uneasy agreement for sure. Oh, not, but not exactly. I, I feel like she's going, <laughs> I feel like she's diving headfirst into this. I don't know. She I took think that she liked off. him a little bit. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. I don't I, Maybe, maybe. I a think little. she was playing a little hard to get. Oh, <laughs> a little romance brewing in, in our Star Wars I, story. I like to think so. And I think that, you know, going back to her reaction when Grogu arrived without Din in like the second yeah. episode. And the immediate worry. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, I think that there is some positive feelings there they may not be romance yet maybe she doesn't even know what it is herself but it's just maybe like oh i i i don't want this person to die i'm like feeling this panic that doesn't she doesn't maybe understand but i like to think that you know i've i've used this many times but her and din will become space parents to grogu and i would love it if they could because like it's also been building up a little bit where it's like is Din going to unite us? Mm-hmm. And now it's like, is Bo going to unite us? So I was like, well, how about Din and Bo unite us? That's an interesting... That's I would love it if Din and Bo could do it, especially since, you know, this is the Mandalorian, which, to be fair, you know, they're all Mandalorian, so I guess you could say that the title, you know, could fit any of them, but we've been following Din this whole time, and he's still in it, and it feels like it wouldn't be that gracious a uh, character shift if it was like now we're gonna follow Bo after two seasons of following din <laughs> yeah, so yeah. i was like i think it'd be nice if they both did it together like maybe she is the the satine where you know she's gonna rule and do all that stuff because that's what she wants to do mando doesn't want to rule she can wield the dark saber at some point maybe or ride the mythosaur or do her thing and she can like rule and then he can be her like consort kind of like i'm like this isn't necessarily something i wanted but this is something that i'm going to do for the good of mandalore that responsibility i think is really interesting in general um to see how that's going to resolve though i don't know i mean we're gonna have to hopefully see that by the end of the season i don't want this to be set up for another tv show you know book of boba fett part two we'll get (laughs) we'll get the uh the climax of this storyline um i want to see this unfold in future episodes it looks like we've got more hints of a structure this time like with moff gideon so like hopefully the second end the second end the second half of this season will have more of the structure that we were talking about that the first half wasn't was lacking a bit now i would still say that we can critique the first half and say that it should have been building to this too but at the same time like i said last time we don't really know where it's going so maybe we'll look back and be like ah i see what you did there Mm -hmm. but the first half didn't feel as connected they did feel did feel kind of like episodic without that much of an like underlying drive towards the latter half but it does feel like we are gonna potentially be getting that now with moff gideon having escaped with the with Bo going off to unite mandalorians and now a potential evil Mandalorian, <laughs> which would be really, really cool. And, I mean, honestly, I'm just really attached to it because I found that theory and had heard about it. So then it was, like, confirmation right, right. there. And it's like, I'd be excited or very disappointed if it didn't happen. But, yeah, that's that's where I kind of sit on it right now. I'm hoping that the latter, the latter half will be just really good. I don't think it's going to top season two, oh, yeah. but I would like it. To try and see what happens. If we get like Luke Skywalker and Obi Wan cameo, then <gasps> then we'll top season. You know, two if again. you bring back Luke Skywalker again, like, that'd be pretty cool. I 
and Ahsoka too, because they're kind of like pals now, hanging mm-hmm. out. You know, I don't know. Maybe. Grogu teams up with Luke and Ahsoka and saves the Mandalorians. Right, with his little lightsaber. Grogu yeah. will get it in the end. Who knows? I'm. Yeah. I mean. I'm sure that'll come back, right? You know, that they yeah. made that for a reason. There's probably a toy of it somewhere that Disney made, so. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what it was. It's just for the same right. for the <laughs> porgs and stuff. Just like, ah, oh, merchandise. I think, uh, honestly, I think it, for me personally, a more interesting question that this episode proposed is the Moff Gideon return. Uh, just because I love the actor who plays him, uh, Giancarlo Esposito, I believe is how you pronounce his last name. Um, fantastic actor in general. I love Breaking Bad. It's great. He's a great actor. Uh, not much to say there on him personally, but his character is really great, and I think seeing more of that is always good. Um, I loved him in season two, where he kind of gets defeated, but he uh, and he gets scared by Luke Skywalker coming and to save him. You he know. should. Right, like I, I like seeing little character moments like that, and I think a perfect character to bring back is Moff Gideon. A little bit late to the party, but maybe they can make up for it. Um, John Carlo is an amazing actor. Like I said, he per- he plays that calm, intimidating character so well that he's so famous for. Um, I want to see more of that, and I wonder how that unfolds because he was broken out. He didn't escape himself exactly. So who do we think that is? Who do we think saved our little our little villain here? Mace Windu. Mace. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I would actually accept that, honestly. <laughs> if I could get a Mace Windu cameo and have his character be assassinated, too. This is the too. first episode segment that we've done, I think, that David hadn't mentioned Mace Windu I gave at up. this point. Because we got, we got Jar Jar, uh, you know, Jar Jar's actor. Keller and Beck. Yeah, that, that, that the Jedi character, character. Not the actor. Right, but. right. Ahmed Best, I believe yeah. is his, his yeah. name. Um, you know, he saved Grogu. And that was kind of my spot for Mace Windu to come in, and then he didn't. And then now we, you had that amazing point uh, that we talked about last episode with Jar Jar being the one to send mm-hmm. uh, aid to save the, uh, you know, the, the Jedi. Save um, the child. And I, I believe in that too much that it, it's not going to be Mason Windu saving kids. It's He's dead. And <laughs> that's a shame, you know. Maybe we'll Rip. see a Force ghost. I would, You know what? That's the new that's yeah. that's what I'm riding on. Who's who's buddy buddy with Mason Windu enough Mace for him Windu to show up? You know, can like project to Grogu. Yeah. Oh, um, you know what? He was in the Rise of Skywalker. I hate to talk about that terrible movie again, but he was in in the end where like Ray had that you know everyone talking to her. So or was Ahsoka though, and that was actually True. that was actually um, fed for the theory of the redo for the Ahsoka series. So if you remember, oh, there was that okay. one scene in Rebels where Ezra gets, like, pushed into the the portal dimension thing. And basically, the theory behind that was if, like, the original timeline, when Vader and Ahsoka fight in Rebels, Vader kills her. And then that spawns into the sequels, and because Ahsoka is dead, she, her voice appeared, doesn't really appear, but you get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Ray heard her voice with the Jedi. But then Ezra Bridger went back in the portal to that moment and saved her. And if he saved her, that could be the reset that would have her be alive now. So if she was alive, we wouldn't hear her voice at the end. That's so what I heard. That's, I'm. That's interesting. Don't quote me on that, but I mean, have you heard Force ghosts that weren't dead before? Uh, I mean, the closest thing you get to is like Luke Skywalker's projection 
in The Last Jedi, but he didn't look like I don't count like a... the sequels. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't look like a traditional they force make, ghost. They make stuff up all the time. That's and true. yeah, he is a he's not a ghost. He's a projection. Right. I think that's the closest you can get. So I, I, I see your point, though. That is very... Mm-hmm. Now I want that to be true. And like, you can't how be doing would this to me? <laughs> <laughs> and how would Ahsoka know at that point? It's like, I guess just she senses. Oh, all the Force ghosts. <laughs> Emperor are, Palpatine's uh, back and needs. Yeah, it's like yeah. all the Force ghosts are just you know cheering this random girl over there on. I guess I'll I'll chip in right. with my two cents. Somehow Ahsoka returns. Actually, what happened? <laughs> Somehow Ahsoka. <laughs> well, clearly we can just pull stuff out of the hat now. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> why not? I think hey, uh, we're, we're giving one ideas for fan fiction. So. Yeah, yeah. This throw everything at the wall and I mean, see what sticks. Rise of Skywalker kind of was a bit of a fan fiction mess. So I, I w- considered the entire sequels trilogy a fan I, fiction mess. I, I kind of agree there, even <laughs> with some Force Awakens. There, you know, that kind of is mm-hmm. a bit of a fan fiction storyline. Um, it's just you know, gender bending Luke. And oh yeah, tweaking some details of a new hope. Right, and it's like okay, same desert planet. Yeah, yeah. it's just it's all. The this same. isn't Tatooine. This yeah. is Jakku. <laughs> Jakku, I forgot which the name is of the planet. Definitely yeah. a different thing. Right. It's not based on Tatooine at all. Ray's not supposed to be a Luke Skywalker character. Right. It's like, mm, come on. It's it's and and then you know, BB-8 R2D2. Yeah, this is like, definitely no similarities right. at all. Uh, zero. This is zero. definitely 100% original. And, you know, Starkiller Base definitely isn't the <laughs> Death Star again <laughs> for the third time now. A bigger Death Star, yeah. Which, like, again, how... Destroys I'm not multiple even gonna planets. How did the First Order, who is not in power, have the resources to build a planet? Maybe the Mandalorian will... I think, you know what, I think there actually is, like, some kind of external media that that shows how that happened, how they picked the planet. I'm sorry, I don't care. (laughs) I don't care. It's like, the way I see it, here's how I see it. I'm very, very stringent on this. If I need to read a book or watch some other show to make your movie work, your movie should be understandable and self-contained. That's right. There shouldn't be anything where it's like, oh, this makes no sense whatsoever. Oh, but it's in this book. You know, Ryan Johnson is this famous thing where he's like, oh, look at this obscure Jedi book. See yeah. my thing. No, I'm sorry. You're a filmmaker. You are supposed to tell your story. From beginning to in end. In a way that makes sense for me as a, you know, fairly reasonable. I'm an adult. Okay. If it's not understandable and makes sense for an adult. I mean, even like just marketing a movie to kids too, mm-hmm. like that kind of is like essential. Because I mean, mm-hmm. these aren't necessarily especially kids movies, no. If they if they are supposed to be kids movies, then I should definitely understand. Right, it. you should definitely be able to get from point A to B <laughs> without having a question like how did yeah. So it's like come back? I mean, you can say all you want. It's like oh, it's in a book. It's in this. And I don't care. Right, like I mentioned in last. That episode, does not like, that does not make the movie better. Yeah, La- last episode I mentioned like if that's oh, what you want to go with, fine. A hundred percent. Yeah. You know. It's not going to retroactively fix the movie for me. But you still didn't do a good job with the movie because that was your job. Emperor Palpatine has come back in, you know, an AI program, as I mentioned in last episode, you know, and now it would make more sense if they did his Dr. Zola or right. something with him. I think, that's you know, what would have been did. really cool. What if the Mandalorian came out and then the sequels came out and we had this whole cloning stuff set up and then boom, Palpatine returns. Way better. I still would hate it, but it at least wouldn't come out of nowhere. Right. That'd be so cool. Come on. And then, like, the Luke Skywalker came in, it would be even better. The reason that I hate it, though, is because it completely undoes the original trilogy. Yeah. And with the sequel trilogy completely, you know, tearing down Luke Skywalker and Han Solo and all these legacy characters already. That was just, like, the final thing. It's like, okay, so now, you know, they, they just failed completely. They did nothing. They just postponed, 
they just installed a terrible government and that's it. They just postponed Palpatine for like 30 years, <laughs> installed a terrible government and did nothing else beyond that. It's just, it's embarrassing and it makes the whole original trilogy have next to no point. I think uh, another topic that I wanted to mention uh, with Mando specifically, um, he has been kind of taking a back seat in this episode, but I think, well, in the seri- the season in general, but I think a good way for him to bounce back is how he reacts to Bo's uh, new role in this season. Chase um, after your woman, Mando. I, you know, I, that'd be a good reason. I mean, really. Like, Grogu misses his space, Mom. Oh, man. If Grogu, like, waved his hands up and, like, was like, hold me, you know, to Bo as, like, Bo's walking away trying to I unite the clans. I want my space, Mom. Yeah, that that might be enough for, for Daddy Mando to go and, and, you know, chase after the hey, flame. Galaxy's a dangerous place. I know Bo can handle herself, but it would make my kid so much, you know, happier. Right. I so, feel so much at ease if we could be there and support her. On this very important mission. Very important mission. And, I mean, to Mando personally as well, like, the way I want him to react to this. Not to mention, you know, I have the Darksaber. That's and true. she might need that again. She might need that. <laughs> and you I know can't what? give it to her. <laughs> maybe maybe there's some dangerous people out, and this these exiled Mandalorians are very, you know, harmful. And she might need some backup on this yeah. one, including Grogu. You know, the Force training, the Jedi training might be proving useful here. Um, I want to see Mando react to this in an interesting way. Um you know, I don't want to be like, I don't um, want Amanda Bo to not do Bo just went it. off. <laughs> yeah, bye. Like, oh, okay. What happened to Bo, Armorer? Oh, uh, she's uniting the clans, you know. Well, he should know that. Right. Unless he was falling asleep. Yeah. Which I, you wouldn't be able to tell because he had a helmet on. <laughs> he has a helmet on, yeah. Um, this is the way. Yeah, yeah. But I, I want to see that. I want to see uh, some kind of reaction that uh, doesn't feel, well, and it's okay if it does, but... If his reaction is really basic and like, oh, okay, she's going to go do that now, you know, that that's all right. But I personally want to see uh, Mando react with some kind of energy. I want him to have a stance on it at the very least, um, some kind of nuance to this problem um, that Bo herself is going to have to face alone or not. Who knows? I don't um, think you are necessarily hooked up on the reaction. I think what you really want is mando to do something i guess yeah I think in his series you want him to do something I think which I'm, I'm craving for that it. is that is completely valid this is his series we followed him for two seasons yeah it's time to you know get up be a big boy and do something in your own series mando i think uh, your kid's outdoing you yeah honestly <laughs> i mean grogu's had more character development than than mando in this whole season i think yeah 100%. You took the words right out of my mouth. Like, is it is it really called a Mandalorian at this point? Right. It's it's Bo-Katan and you know Baby Yoda. I'm pretty sure uh, Vizsla had more character development. No, he did. He had a whole arc. I mean, yeah, he did. He. Went I was from... I was worried he was gonna die for a second. Though. I was too. I honestly. was like, ah, David said it. Yeah. Um, happy to have him back though. I think, uh, you know, he's always a great character to have for Mando. But now that that's resolved, now okay, you know, there's no conflict for Mando himself he's already kind of fixed that by episode two by uh you know realigning himself with the way and the the waters you know um so we're not really seeing much of him i think he kind of has to join bo's quest yeah unless they're going to come up with something else for him to do fight moff gideon maybe like that's kind of you know like that's part of my excitement as well for moff gideon coming back is because that 
at least in my eyes, that kind of guarantees from a writing perspective for Mando to have, to have something to do. Um, He'll have to have either go with Bo or go with Gideon. Right. Or both. Who knows? Maybe they'll cross paths. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, there's no arch nemesis for Mando other than Moff Gideon. And the same for Moff Gideon having no other nemesis other than Mando. They have the, the most rich history. Um, so I want to see that. And I'm sure we're going to. But it might be a little, little bit too little too late. You know, I kind of want, I guess in my mind, what I was expecting this season was that Moff Gideon was going to break out. Mando was going to, you know, have his, his whole arc with the uh, living waters and all that. And um, then they would kind of have a back and forth for a few episodes. And then it culminates into a climax final season finale into something really interesting with a lot of Grogu flashbacks and a Mace Windu cameo that I'll never get. Um, no, <laughs> but, you sounds you know, so sad. I know. Um, it's not too late, though. There's a few it's episodes left. It's never too late. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think it's a shame. You Somehow know what? Mace Windu has returned. Right. And he returned through a Force ghost to aid Grogu in his quest mm-hmm. to unite Mandalore because that... We should just write this. Right. We should. And and we would submit it to Disney, and they would make it a feature film, as they did with The Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker. But ours that, would be better. Yeah. That's the production value we're talking about, you know? Mm-hmm. The fans are going to do a better job. I think I think they know this at this point. Yeah. And that's why they hired John Favreau. Who knows? He knows how to do this. You know, he's a big fan. <laughs> and then, well, I don't even know what's happening with season three. It feels, you know... I don't know. There's a few standout episodes, in my opinion. I love episode three. I think what they're supposed to be doing is doing the whole uniting Mandalore. Mm -hmm. And that is supposed to be our quest for season three. But I think we kind of got away from it. And that's why I think as much as you might have enjoyed that third episode, and I'm not saying you shouldn't have. You can enjoy whatever you want. (laughs) There's That's completely valid. But I think why that felt so kind of jarring is because not just was it not related to Mando, but it wasn't related to that. And so it's like, Mm -hmm. as much as there hasn't been a structure, it's not because one hasn't been suggested. It's because it hasn't really been followed as much. So that there was a whole episode that was basically not had nothing to do with uniting the Mandalorian clans. And in this time, it's like, that is what we're finally getting to. So I think that is why, I'm looking forward to episode six a lot more because Moff Gideon has escaped because we are having a goal again. We're not just, you know, chilling around the covert (laughs) fighting space monsters (laughs) because we just are too stubborn to move, I guess. We like it here. Some nice, nice crocodile infested oceans that we can lounge about and have our foundling initiation ceremonies on. I think uh, another another backseat character that I sense coming, my, my forced visions, you know, they're coming <laughs> up. Um, I think Grogu's going to take a backseat now. Just judging on the from what I remember from the trailers, um, and I'm speaking from, like, a strictly backstory, like, lore perspective, um, I think he's going to take a bit of a backseat now. Because we have the, I mean, maybe in the last episode we'll get to see who those allies were. But I can totally see them saving that for later. Yeah. They've kind of been drip feeding us backstory for Grogu for a while now, um, and like we didn't even know his name for you know until <laughs> what you know like season two. Season two. So Ahsoka. Yeah. So you know things like that uh, justify my my point that I think we are going to get him pushed back a little. You yeah, know. Yeah, I hope not. They could have just left him with Luke in that case. Yeah, I mean, and what a wasted opportunity. You know, uh, you mentioned earlier how. Uh, we use the book of Boba Fett to kind of bring Grogu back into Mando's arms, but um, 
and, and it's got me all twisted up because now I now I'm rethinking how I feel about season three because I think that's a much more interesting storyline in my my opinion. I'm sorry. I know to, to have to <laughs> draw to draw that out, you know, and have this like emotional story, uh, emotional season for season three, culminating in yeah. Grogu's return. Um, that's super interesting. To Grogu me. and Luke could have swooped in and saved the day that together. That would have been so cool. What if like it Grogu had like a force connection to Mando in the same way Ray and and Kylo <laughs> Ren did in the Last Jedi? Stop trying to fix that. I know. I know. I Stop ju- trying to I fix this justify, movie. It's not. Gonna I work. want to justify. It's not going to make me like them more. <laughs> I think. I think our our back and forth is is interesting. You know, you want to erase it all, and I just want to fix it. You know. I, I mean, I would want to fix it if I thought it could be if fixed. If it's possible, yeah. I just think I, that it's just left such a bad taste in my mouth. It's not going to be fixed. Right. Hey, you can't fix it if it's below trashed. Right. Yeah. If it's if it's not. At this point, it's totaled. Yeah. I, I, I can agree with you there, honestly. But the direction I see them going, they seem to be doubling down, you know. And that just might be the harsh reality let's, for a lot of Star Wars fans. Let's not do that. That is not the way. <laughs> that is not the way. I think, um, yeah, I mean, Grogu probably gonna take a hit on this on these future episodes and we'll see i mean i'm sure he'll get kidnapped or something at the end and everyone will have to save him and it'll kind of or they'll get kidnapped and baby Yoda that is a really good twist i think i mentioned that in a previous episode actually where i was like you know what maybe that jedi training is going to come to use uh, and flip that cliche you know uh raising the stakes kind of moment oh man the child has been kidnapped luke saved him last time and now it's gonna be Grogu. right that would be really cool um, or Grogu and Luke and Mace. That Mace. would be preferable. Be cool. Yeah, all three of them. Let's go. Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, Bo having all these uh, interesting character developments definitely feels like I'm watching the Bodalorian. You know, Bodalorian. Yeah, yeah, the new TV show, the new name. Um, it makes me really excited to see what the next episode is going to be titled. Um, it seems like they're giving away a the lot. The space mom. Yeah, the space mom. <laughs> yeah, Grogu's uh, Grogu's new family. That's you know, and it's always like the foundling, the the, you the, know, the something. pirate, the something. So I wonder what the next something is going to be. Um, I can see a lot of interesting developments, you know, coming in. Um, tons of questions to be answered, but we're running out of time on uh, the show for the the TV show to answer these questions. So I only hope they don't mess it all up. I think they have a good spot to land everything. Watch what they did with the sequels and then do the opposite of that and you should be fine. And uh, so in my personal opinion, though, I think to give a objective rating for this episode, um, the action scenes are great. Story is interesting. And I'm trying to judge this episode for what it is and not what it is compared to what I expect and for what I want this season to look overall. Um, so that's why I'm going to settle. And five is average, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to have to go settle with a five out of ten oh. average episode. I you think liked the last episode better. I did, yeah. I th- uh, I'm getting I, – I don't want to see any more Monster of the Week style conflicts. Um, and that's that plagues a lot of TV shows in general, mm-hmm. so maybe I'm a little bit biased there. Um, but I'm, I don't, I'm not alone in that feeling, you know. Um, I guess last week did have Order 66, and that we was a high part We did have that flashback, and, and that was a good highlight for me. And, um, you know, and not that there aren't high points in this episode. Moff Gideon returning is great. It's, just, um, it's more action-heavy, which is great, but it didn't feel... Like, apart from the whole Mandalorians getting their home, mm-hmm. like, that seemed like it had some emotional weight. And then, obviously, the whole bow going to unite us had some emotional weight. And then the end was very gripping, but the whole, like, the pirates were just kind of cartoonish a little bit. I think another part of it, too, is that we knew the pirates. They weren't very threatening. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) We knew the pirates were coming back, too. 
So that kind of soiled it for me where I was, I saw this coming. We all saw this coming, you know, that the pirates are definitely coming back, you know, and they made it pretty obvious in my opinion. Um, so I think for me personally, just uh, having those characters come back um, felt like a good way to fill an entire episode, but we are kind of strapped here for, yeah. you know, content. We're running out of time. We need to find a way to combine the monster of the week with lacing in with the overall plot. Right. And we're kind of doing that, but it's like, we're doing it more now. It feels like a post credit scene in a Marvel movie, and that's how we're connecting everything together when it should be, you know, everything kind of seamless and almost accidental. You know, maybe I'm, I'm not a perfect writer or anything like that. I'm not going to write Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm you kidding. are. You're going <laughs> to be writing and you're taking the requisition officer's job. Yeah. So you got to do it. taking everybody's here. jobs. Right. Um, but I think, uh, you know, I think we're going to see hopefully a good landing here, but. I don't know. I'm. I do think so far this is the weakest I think season. But I think it's going up. It is going up. Moth Gideon returning is great. Um, it is definitely the weakest season, though. Yeah, I think the weakest season in general. I mean, I hate to say it before it's finished, but I. I mean, personally, I, I think it's hard to break that opinion at this point. Um, it's just been too much. Not. I don't want to say lollygagging. Lollygagging. It feels like that, though. It feels like that. It, it's like that's just that's what I'm gonna use because it's kind of accurate it sounds a little mean-spirited which is why i don't really want to do it because it's not like we haven't been enjoying it but it has taken a pretty long time to get to this point it's like over halfway over now and we're just now getting to you know something actually happening right the main villain and the main villain the main arc of uniting the mandalorians we're just now getting there and i think that needed to happen earlier i think the earlier two seasons had more of a structure and as much as I liked how we you know we didn't have that whole slow build to Din's redemption and it was like oh we're gonna you know get more stuff like it did feel like it lacked that structure that the earlier seasons had where we were consistently seeing Mando and Baby Yoda work towards this goal Mm -hmm. every episode we knew what was happening we know what we were trying to do we saw ourselves working towards it and then we obviously had moff gideon and the dark troopers and all that even in uh, previous seasons like we had subplots that lasted a whole episode to and it felt like they were filler, still connected but they were the still though. connected yeah there was always like a goal that felt that you felt that goal like okay um like they crash land i think this is season one where uh, grogu and and mando din they crash land, and that's the the spiders or whatever. And then there's like the, the rebels that save him, or it's this is years years ago now. Yeah. But like, there's still a, okay. We got to get to this area, but here's an interruption to our path. Uh, this season, there is no path, just interruptions. And I'm waiting for it to all kind of build together in my mind, but I just can't see it yet. Um, and so that's why I'm landing on an average five out of yeah. ten episode because it is entertaining, but I it's not I building anything. I think I can see the path now at least what I think it's going to be. But it, it just has taken so long to get here. I don't know how accurately or not ac- not accurately because it's not, you know, a right or wrong kind of thing, but how thoroughly we can explore the path mm-hmm. in three episodes. Yeah, we. I mean, oof, we're running out of time, you know, on, I mean, Moff Gideon. Unless there are more and... episodes to the season. Right. And we're just wrong about that. But I think we decided there were probably eight episodes. I think there were eight episodes in the previous two mm-hmm. each. So if there were twelve, you know, I mean, that would be nice. Just twelve episodes. Yeah, we get a bunch. I of- would still say though that it's 
taken too long. Yeah, 100%. You can't take, yeah. I mean, you can't take five episodes by to episode get to the main three, part. You know, we need, we need some kind of setup going on. Um, what about you, Matt? What do you think of this episode? If you could give a rating, you know, out of 10, you don't have to be objective, as objective as me and, and provide that rating. <laughs> but I want to hear your thoughts on this, on this episode in general. Um, well, I would give it a seven and one reason and one reason only. The bar scene where I saw Zeb, who was in Star mm-hmm. Wars Rebels. Yeah. We kind of glossed over that. That was great to see. Yeah. That gave me goosebumps. To be yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh, the purple guy's back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, bring me, bring me back back to, the, I think it was 2013 when the show, when the show <laughs> yeah. came out. Right. I was like, I know him. Yeah, that can was we just cool. say 2013 was like, was the peak of all media <laughs> except Star Wars? Well, I mean, Force Awakens. That was before Star Wars, so it, it did really Star just Wars. come down from there. Yeah, right. it, was, it was peak personally. <laughs> I think Star Wars was bought by Disney at that point, right? That's about when the Hobbits came out too. Yeah. So you know, that's my that's my favorite series. So Perfect. yeah, I, I'm I'm willing to agree with that. It has peaked in 2013. <laughs> yeah. The sequels were not yet. It's been fine. coming down since then. <laughs> Oh, I agree. We're on a rise, but maybe we're on a bit of a slope now, you know, a, a downward slope um, with season three being a little bit weak, in my opinion, generally speaking. Um, some some highlight episodes, some interesting content, but I think we are kind of missing the mark just a little bit, but we still have some time left. Um, some setups, you know, some interesting developments. If we could just get a Mace Window came here at the end, I'll mention <laughs> All it. All would like be forgiven the from The fifth David. time now, yeah, I, you know. Instant I, 10 out of 10. Right, like that would be cool. Um, and a purple lightsaber to go with it, like that. Dual wielding, dual wielding purple lightsabers with a robotic arm or something, and like a glass eye. I don't know, some kind of battle damage, some lightning scars from Emperor Mm -hmm. Palpatine. Um, Hey, if Emperor Palpatine can survive exploding into a bajillion pieces somehow, Mace Windu can come back and do something, or a clone of Mace Windu. You know, just something, a Force Ghost. Yeah, you can just do the clone thing again because clearly that was a work of creative genius. Yes, uh, a fine artistry, actually, (laughs) a real auteur effort um, from our. Why didn't I think of that? Yeah, I know, great idea. (laughs) Um, I think that wraps things up, though. I I think we've given our our summary, our thoughts, our recap, um, our our general impressions and what we expect from future episodes is there anything else you guys want to mention any final thoughts zeb returning is great i think you know that's great to talk about but having more of a structure will be good yeah i think we need to see that uh next season (laughs) i mean next season yeah we're just making up now (laughs) hopefully not another two years right away from it because that's gonna just absolutely kill whatever momentum you're able to scrape up in the last three episodes we're just gonna kill it if you're waiting another two years Mm -hmm. we need to and, and I think, you know, COVID had a, played a role in that it's somewhat. I, at least I'd like to think so. I don't Maybe, know. but I think it was pushed back for, like, yeah, a bunch of reasons. For, yeah, a tons of reasons. Then different shows and scheduling and, yeah, yeah. continuity and all that. Not that it was, you know, Favreau or Filoni's fault, right. but that yeah. that's just the reality. Yeah, Disney execs and, and, you know, how they – their vision of what the Star Wars brand is and what they expect from, from our creators and our artists that are making uh, – in my opinion, a bit of a mediocre season three. You know, some great developments. I love seeing any any kind of Grogu backstory is great. I want to know what the original plan was. Oh, that'd be really I, interesting. I feel like we had an, a different plan. and We probably had to rework some things. Yeah, 100%. I'm, I mean, yeah, that's 
there in 20 years we'll see like a <laughs> YouTube docu series or something. Uh, you know, the dark Mandalorian side of season three. Yeah, yeah. What original really scripts. Happened. <laughs> like, they'll be uncovered. like storyboard storyboards or something, and we'll just see see all the untold truths, you know. Um, but I think in general, I think that is a safe place to wrap things up. Um, what did you guys think of the Mandalorian? Our audience here, let us know. Um, I think though, in general, solid episode. But I want to hear what everyone else thinks. Um, so I think that calls it a wrap. Uh, make sure to stay tuned for more episode commentaries on the Mandalorian season three, maybe season four, if we ever get around to it. Um, as well as a multitude of other content provided by Entertainment Rebooted. Be sure to also check out our show airing at 1 p.m. on Sundays on WZIP 88.1. There's some great stuff coming up that you don't want to miss. Again, I'm David, joined by my friends Natalie. Hello. And Matt. Bye. And thank you for listening. And this has been Entertainment Rebooted.